I'm your host, Annalie Reyes, with your co-host, Santi Hernandez. On today's show, we have a special guest, Fatima, who will be talking about her religion and culture. Fatima, thank you so much for um, taking the time to be on the show. We're very excited to have you. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Tay Radio, Anali and Santi. Um, yeah, my name is Fatima Hansia. Um, I grew up here in Marin. I'm first generation. Um, my parents are from India and Thailand, and I'm also Muslim American, and I'm a teacher um, at Marin's Community School. Wow, I did not know that you're half Thai. That's really nice. Well, my mom grew up there, but she's still ethnically Indian, but I still have a lot of family in Thailand. Thailand, nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to get us started, I wanted to ask a fun question, which is, what is your favorite food from India? Hmm, that's a really tough question because I love Indian food. Um, I definitely would have to say chicken tikka masala. Um, it's like so flavorful and you can have it with like rice or naan and it's just like every time you have it it's like it's a like comfort food is um, it like a soup it's not a soup it's a curry and it's um it's basically just like marinated chicken um and in a lot of Indian restaurants it's like one of the most popular dishes and it's very popular amongst Americans as well um mm -hmm. And many people don't know this, but you can also have the chicken tikka masala with onions on the side as well. So that's kind of my, my favorite dish. Oh, wow. I would say for me, it's either samosas or none. Yeah, um, my really friend, good. yeah, my friend is from India and she offered me samosas. And once I tried it, I was like, this is my favorite Indian food. <laughs> um, it's the potato samosas, so they're pretty good. Um, right, with and, the chutney. Hmm? With chutney, it's really good too. It's like a dipping sauce. Oh, um, is it the green one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and Santi, what would- I haven't tried mm -hmm. Indian food. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, and Javier, our, our producer, he's always talked to me about trying it. Um, but I've never tried it, although my dad did try to cook uh, curry the other day. But I, I can't I don't know what to compare it to, though, because I've never tried it. Um, but one day I'm definitely going to try. Yeah, I would say um, keep in mind of the spice because Indian food has a lot of. Spice oh, OK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like an explosion in your mouth. It's very flavorful and spicy yeah Ooh, okay <laughs> now I'm excited because I do like uh, spicy food and then different flavors and stuff so I'm, I'm excited to try I'll let you know once I, yeah, I please do try one mm -hmm. I'll be like hey this is how it is let know your experience <laughs> but moving on I wanted to first ask you what's the difference between Muslim and Islam hmm, good <laughs> question so Islam is a religion, just like Christianity, and Muslim is a person who follows the religion of Islam. So um, there's about like 2 billion Muslims around the world who practice the religion of Islam, and they come from all backgrounds, from all over the world. 
And when you look at the root word of Islam in Arabic, which is um, where the prophet Muhammad, um, who is a very revered prophet in Islam, um, the Quran was revealed to him. Uh, the root word of Islam means peace. Um, and in other ways, like if you kind of break down um, the phenomenology of the word, it also means like submission of one's will to God. Oh, interesting. Um, I always thought like Muslim is like, was something related to like the geographic, like, like certain countries. Is there like a different word for that? Great question. Yeah. So I think because so many Muslims live in the Middle East or like a lot of countries in the Middle East, um, in North Africa, all the way from Morocco to Egypt, and then you get like Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, that entire region, um, it's heavily like the majority of the population is Muslim. Um, however, there are also a lot of Christians and a lot of Jews that live in those areas as well. And I think a really big um, common misconception is that the majority of Muslims are from the Middle East, but that's not true. Only 10% of Muslims actually live in the Middle East. Um, Indonesia is actually the largest Muslim majority country in the entire world. And then when you look at the subcontinent of South Asia, like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka, that's where you find the second highest majority of Muslims in the world. Um, so it's a universal religion. Um, yes, there is more of a population of Muslims in the Middle East in terms of like the majority of the population, um, just like how you would say in Europe, there would be a majority of Christians or in South, in South America. But, um, but yeah, it's really, um, I think a lot of people get confused about ethnicity and religion. So when it comes to me, um, when I tell people that I'm Muslim, but my parents are from India, sometimes people get confused because um, in India, the majority of the population follows a religion of Hinduism. So I have to, you know, let them know that, you know, in India, it's a diverse country. There's so many people that practice so many different religions and Islam is just one religion, but I'm still consider myself Indian. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I think Anneli and I wanted to make sure we knew the difference because as an outsider, you mentioned, we have a different perspective um, and the reality of it is very different. So thank you so much for clarifying and giving more detail about the difference and how we as uh, part of the community can you know, connect with, with people better because we have a better understanding of, of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, speaking of the religion you practice, can you explain your religion? You know, kind of what are the practices that you have, um, for example, for prayer, food, or basically what you want to share about your religion? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to give like a very short two minute elevator pitch. Um, but as Muslims, we believe in the declaration of faith. So we believe that there is no God, but Allah. And we call God um, Allah, that there's only one God and that the prophet, peace be upon him, um, is the last messenger. 
And so we are a monotheistic belief. We don't believe that we do believe in a lot of the prophets um, and the scripture of uh, Judaism and Christianity, but we just don't believe that Jesus was, is the son of God. And so um, Islam, heavily Islam is based on um, the five pillars of faith. So the first pillar of faith is like, you're declaring your faith to God, right? Like I believe in one God, I believe in the messenger. I would say another really important part of Islam is um, doing your five daily prayers every single day. So as a Muslim, you're obligated to pray five times. And so one is like early in the morning before dawn, then it's mid-afternoon, mid-afternoon, during sunset, and then like after sunset. And so um, prayer is a form of submission to God. It's a form of meditation. It's a form of kind of stepping away from what you're doing every single day or what you're doing. And um, you're having a conversation with God. Um, Another pillar of faith is um, giving zakat, which is giving alms to the poor. So it's similar to Christianity where you do tithing. And so a Muslim is obligated to give 2.5% of their wealth to, um, to the needy, to the underprivileged every year as a form of um, not perpetuating the cycle of oppression and not perpetuating the cycle of inequality that's been going on. So that's also very much emphasized. And the fourth pillar of Islam is um, fasting from sunrise to sunset, which means abstaining from any kind of food, drink, or sex um, during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, which is consists of 30 days. And it's a beautiful sacred month um, because we follow the lunar calendar this year, Ramadan will fall between um, early May, no, sorry, early April till early May. Um, and then the fifth prayer, the fifth pillar of faith is um, if you have the means, the physical means and the financial means to go and complete the pilgrimage, um, which is called the Hajj in uh, Mecca and Medina, which are two cities in Saudi Arabia. So you are reenacting what um, the prophet Ismail, I think Ishmael in um, Christianity in Hajar, um, Hajra um, uh, experienced um, thousands of years ago. And it's just a very beautiful feeling um, because there's like millions of people from all over the world who are Muslim who gather there. So like really shortly, those are the five pillars of faith. And then um, we also just, you know, just like any other religion, Islam is about peace. It's about being a good person. It's about having good character. And a lot of where we emulate a lot of that um, is the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. And so he was, he was alive in the sixth century um, AD in Saudi Arabia. He lived in Mecca and Medina. And so we really look to his teachings and the way that he conducted his um, character with others um by just trying to be a good person i remember like reading from a textbook about um i know that you mentioned like a place i don't remember the name that you said um but it is it like it's like a black um box it looks like yeah. a black box is that what's Absolutely. the name of it yeah so the name is Skaba. And so the Kaaba is a black box. Um, 
it's kind of like cube shaped and um, Muslims believe that is the center of our universe. And so when we do our five times daily prayers, we also um, use a compass to direct and navigate how we pray towards the Kaaba in Mecca. And so when you go to Hajj, the pilgrimage, um, it is obligatory to basically walk around the Kaaba seven times and there's special prayers that you do. And um, we believe that it was built by the prophet Abraham and his son, um, Ishmael. And can you define what is pilgrimage for the people that don't know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try my best. Um, so pilgrimage is basically a journey um, that you take spiritually to um, a geographic place, or you can also, people say that it's within yourself. And so a pilgrimage is like you actually go to a place physically to honor and to um, complete a holy, for, for a holy purpose. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, sharing. I think, especially for me, I, I'm, I'm Christian and it's so different from, in, in some ways. So getting to hear the way you share how and what important parts are, you know, for, of your religion, it's, it's so powerful because we all uh, we all have different cultures and just listening to how um, you seem very knowledgeable and and you know what you're talking about and I love that I love how you share that with us um, yeah thank you I I'm learning a lot by the way hey, <laughs> this is I'm way glad. better than school <laughs> um, <laughs> when you hear from someone who actually is from a place or practices a certain thing you have a different um, understanding than what they would teach you at, at textbooks because I'm with Annalie. I learned a lot of this in a textbook, but you know, listening from you is completely different. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you make it really interesting. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I like how you describe um, all the stuff that we're asking. Mm -hmm. um, but um, something that I've noticed is that women wear hijabs. Mm -hmm. um, but I've recently seen um, videos of women wearing all the way that covers up to their mm -hmm. nose. Right. So I was wondering if there's like, if they wear in different circumstances or why some do, do wear just like that covers their hair and some that don't yeah. do that and like cover like half their face. Yeah. That's a really great question. So um that's actually quite controversial um, in Islam. And so um, according to how people read and interpret the Quran um, is how you can cover yourself as a woman. So the hijab is mandatory and a lot of people obviously do cover their hair. And um, other people say that in the Quran, God is saying that women should put a cloak over their bodies. And so with that kind of interpretation, um, some women, do feel comfortable and they do want to completely cover their entire face or up to their nose. And so when you look at um, many Muslim women from other parts of the world, um, for example, Afghanistan, um, I'm not sure if um, you've looked at any photos with all the um, chaos that was happening last summer in August and September, um, a lot of women do cover their face 
um, actually their entire face and their hair. And so I think it's up to how people interpret that passage in the Quran and also different geographic regions around the world. Um, culturally, how women dress is usually how um, it's like common based on what kind of geographic region you're in. And, um, yeah, like <laughs> I recently, like, you know, what was happening in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering like if like a visitor were to go to Pakistan or like a place um, that is the majority is Muslim. Um, I was wondering like, do the visit, are the visitors required to wear a hijab? Great question. And I'm not you sure. Know. I know. It's are. Like, mm-hmm. I do know that in certain countries like um, Saudi Arabia and the Republic of Iran, I think it's called the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, it's actually mandatory like it's legal under the law for Muslims to wear the hijab um, because they're theocracies um, their constitution and their law is based on religion but if you go to other Muslim majority countries like um, other parts of the Middle East like Iraq or Lebanon or Egypt even Pakistan it's not obligatory because you'll also see a lot of women um, who might not wear the hijab but they dress conservatively or you see women who um, I don't want to say dress like Western women, but they, they dress more, um, they dress as how we dress here in the United States. So there's like a whole range, but I don't think unless you go to Iran or Saudi Arabia, you'd be forced to wear it. Mm-hmm. And do, um, uh, women wear like the hijab all the time or can they take it off when they're with like, let's say their family or husband? Yeah, another great question. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You can take off the hijab. (laughs) Um, A couple of my friends, people would ask them, like, um, do you do you wear the hijab while you're showering? Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, like you can take off the hijab in front of any woman. And then also um, any man who is considered your how do you say this in English? You're non-mehram, so you can take it off in front of like your father, your father-in-law, your brother, um, your close family and kin. Um, mm-hmm. So you can absolutely take it off. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. And Santi, Thank you for you sharing. Want... Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so curious because you mentioned the um I had a question. For example, Christians have the Bible, mm-hmm. and there's different types of Bibles, like Catholic Bible, the Christian Bible. But you you mentioned the can you say it so I don't mess it up? The, of course, the Quran. Yeah, that, the, the Quran. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's troubling for me. <laughs> but, but you mentioned how the interpretation of it is so important because it leads to different, uh, um, different perspectives, especially for second generation or first generation um, who live in the United States and, and try, to, try to keep their culture and, and practice their religion. I've seen, I would, I can see that the, 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 the idea of I want to wear the Western clothing style versus the other one. Um, And I want to ask to you, did you have um, some type of conflict with that personally Mm -hmm. um, with that? Yeah. um, So I was born and raised here and just like to give context, um, 
my parents come from a country which is like not a Muslim majority country. India, like as I mentioned, is Muslim. Um, majority of the people there follow Hinduism, and so um, my mom never like. I also want to emphasize that there's like there's no compulsion in religion, especially in Islam, contrary to what a lot of people believe that women are forced to wear this and women are forced to do that, and a lot of that. Mm-hmm unfortunately is true in terms of like men imposing their beliefs on women and how they should act and behave and what they should wear but that's not a part of religion and unfortunately um like religion and culture have been intertwined in that way that um it's it's blurred the lines have become blurred but like personally for me like I never had any kind of conflict because my mom actually my mom like wore western clothing my mom didn't cover her hair until she was 50 years old and so growing up I was encouraged to wear like more conservative clothing and not show a lot of skin but um I didn't come from like a family or a background where my all of my family wore a hijab or a niqab or covered themselves completely but it might but it's like case by case basis it depends mm-hmm. on what family you're from how you practice islam what culture you're from so it's like very it's a nuanced answer or question yeah no thank you and i love how you mentioned that religion um at times it doesn't force you to do certain things but be, we're, we're human and you know men telling women what to do or the other way you know it it really does put like a a bad image with um the religion that one practices um and it's it it's interesting because because of us not knowing the the certain ways of style of living like on an outsider you can see how women are forced to do that women are you have to wear that but as an outsider, but when we talk to people and really understand each other, you you mm-hmm. see the truth about how things are actually are. And for me, I'm like, whoa, this is like an eye-opening thing because it's a different perspective of what society has put into my head um, versus the reality of it. Um, yeah. Annalie, do, yeah, do you wanna I to, continue? I wanted to add on that, like for people outsiders, um, I'm Christian as well. So like a lot of people, um, we like, think that we are restricting um certain stuff or um yeah like we're really strict on listening on like Christian music and stuff like that and mm. they think um like we're really strict but like um I feel like all religions they do what they do because they love the religion like they mm-hmm. um yeah like it, I think it depends on every religion because like for mm-hmm. me I think of, I mean, I give, I show my actions through love to God from my religion. And I feel like um, people, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of controversy with the hijab mm-hmm. and a lot of people, it just depends on the woman, um, how they feel um, regarding um, the religion. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks <laughs> but, for bringing that up. Yeah, I feel like, of course, like if there's no compulsion in religion, like everyone has a choice and their mm-hmm. relationship with God is their relationship with God. Um, mm-hmm. But it's unfortunately- personal. Yeah, it's personal. Personal and very intimate, you know, mm-hmm. it's one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
Well, for me, I like we have the Bible and there's always like um, there's like these lesson books that we have that refers to the Bible. And I was wondering if like for the Quran, I don't know how to say it right. Do you guys have that too? Or you guys just read the Quran? Would you be able to um, elaborate by what you meant about the Bible, the Bible books? Yeah. So like the Bible books, like kind of like gives like a Bible verse and then they want you to read it and then mm-hmm. they explain the situation that's been going on mm-hmm. or like they give a message through Got the- it. Mm-hmm. yeah there are there's um there's so basically to just give a little bit of a context like um most Muslims like we read the Quran in Arabic which was the language that it was revealed in and um and so Arabic the Quran has been obviously translated in hundreds of different languages and so absolutely I don't know if we say like bible books or Quran books but there are um like deeper understandings of different passages mm. of the Quran so people can understand like what God is mentioning what context what was the historical context what does this particular word mean in Arabic and does it have the significance today um, and its relevance and like analysis that has been done by like scholars and all of that. Oh, interesting. And um, to like move forward, we wanted to talk a little bit more about your culture. I know we only have like a few minutes before we end, Mm-hmm. Um, but I was wondering, um, how was it like um, growing up a first gen? Um, I believe, are you first gen? I am. Mm-hmm. Congrats. <laughs> I mean, congrats on all the work that you've done. I know it's hard. Um, but um, yeah, I was wondering what's your perspective growing up here? Um, and like, has that affected your culture hmm. in any way? Yeah, that's the big question. Um, I have so much to say, but I'll just try to summarize it very briefly. Um, So yeah, I think um, I'm going to assume that Santi, you are also first gen, correct? I think, yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I think all of our... I wasn't born here, but got it. Okay, so we're like immigrants or yeah, parents were immigrants, and I think all of us share this kind of understanding that, Mm -hmm. um, like you're American, but maybe you're not American enough, or you're trying to Mm -hmm. preserve your home culture, and you're trying to um, rise to expectations that your parents have of you. Um, So I think all of those tensions, like obviously, I grew I live growing up in Marin where it's like an extremely homogenous white community in Southern Marin and Mill Valley. Yeah, like I had such an identity crisis. I did not fit in into high school because my home culture was so different. Um, and also my background, my, my, my faith. Um, and I think that even now, like I'm 31 years old and there's always a push and pull between balancing all of these different worlds. Like I'm first generation, I'm Muslim American, I'm a woman of color. um, And I have all these other identities outside of that, right? Like I'm a teacher, I love to travel, etc. And so I think um, 
just kind of like balancing all of those different worlds um, can be hard. It can be difficult. Um, I can give examples, but I know we're running out of time. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I do want to get one one last question sure. because I think it's so important for me. Um, it's what's your advice on what what advice would you give people regarding you know different cultures and understanding one another right like right now it's so interesting you know you have a different religion we have a different religion but we're able to talk about it and you know what what would be your advice so that people can kind of you know give love to everybody yeah that's a great question um i think at the end of the day we all have to realize that we're human like all of these different demarcations that we're talking about whether it's race or religion or um your status in society like it doesn't matter like at the end of the day like we're all bounded by humanity and um we have to celebrate our differences instead of like trying to constrict and create this us versus them because that's i feel like that's where a lot of conflict we've seen a lot of conflict happen in the world um today because people think that they're not they're better than someone else because they follow a different God or they have a different skin color. And I think that mutual dialogue and respect is like where we can begin doing that. Like what we're doing right now. Like if you haven't met someone who's Muslim or if you haven't met someone from a different faith, like go and try to meet that person. Just have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Be open to that, be transparent. Because if you don't do that, then you're just going to, always have these stereotypes in your head and it's not that hard to go and you know seek that truth or go on google and and research something um so yeah that's what i'm gonna stop there (laughs) well thank you so much for your time here and i'm sure the audience appreciates um you explaining a little bit more about your culture and your religion yeah of course i'm so happy to be here thank you thank you of course thank you so much have a great evening everyone bye